businesses and communities who currently are reliant on fossil fuel production, how do they transition? How do we make sure they're not left behind and disadvantaged? Despite knowing we needed to reduce emissions for the last 40 years, we've not yet started to reduce them. Welcome to the Queensland Energy Club podcast series, Energy Talks. Just one note before we start today, the views and opinions in this podcast belong to the people expressing them and not to the companies or organisations they're a part of. I'm Sally Levis, the Managing Director and Founder of the Queensland Energy Club. I am delighted to be sharing the booth once again today with Dr Chris Gregg, Senior Research Scientist at the Anglica Centre for Energy energy and environment Princeton University and podcast host Dan Brown an energy and infrastructure lawyer and partner with global law firm Ashurst. Welcome gentlemen. Thanks Sally it's great to be here. For today's podcast Chris will give us his top five takeaways from this year's United Nations Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. This includes the elevation of net zero commitments and pledges Carbon mitigation, including Global Methane Pledge and the commitment to stop or reverse deforestation by 2030. The issue of fairness, the positioning of the financial community and the scaling back of unabated fossil fuel use. On that note, I'll now hand over to you once again, Dan, to introduce Chris and further the conversation. Chris, it's really great to be back here with you again. Um, It's been a little while since we had our first podcast but um, you're still here. Yes, I am. Um, we've been meaning to go back forever now. Yep. And uh, in the end, we've decided to hang in there until the new year. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, COVID has been surprising. It just keeps on keeping on. <laughs> it's the one thing we can really rely on at the moment, mm. I guess. So Chris, I'd love to talk about COP26 today. And we've seen 197 countries. They've all signed the Glasgow Climate Pact. Uh, there was so much uh, involved in in those negotiations. In fact, they went over time, as we all know. Um, but I, would, I want to ask something probably a little bit tricky of you today or difficult. I'd love to get your top five takeaways from COP26 and perhaps we can explore those in a little bit more detail. Yeah, sure. I think um, starting at a higher level, I think I found it interesting that whereas it has traditionally been an event attended mostly by political types and scientists, um, I think we saw an increasing dominance of business and the financial sector. So I think that was an interesting trend. Um, And and what do you think, sorry to interrupt, what do you think was driving that trend? I'm not sure other than I think we're moving past uh, sort of trying to get some some level of ambition into the discussions to, well, how do we get this done now? Um, But if I was to emphasise the five things that really stood out to me. I think the first is kind of, which is a positive, it's this, the elevation of net zero commitments and pledges uh, by, you know, countless countries now. Uh, even Australia got there in the end. Yeah. Um, and we saw India get there with 2070. So, yeah. so I think the net zero anchoring is a positive thing because it, it's, it's much more specific to individual actors than this sort of amorphous temperature commitment. Yeah. Uh, then on, on the carbon mitigation front, I think two things were impressive. The global methane pledge, uh, you know, where we had 130 countries 
agree to reduce methane emissions, which have been rising, to reduce them by uh, 30% by 2030. Uh, and then I think the, um, the commitment to stop or even reverse deforestation by 2030 by enough countries who represent sort of yep. 90% of the forests. So I think these were really positive. Um, I think the other positive uh, thing for me was this um, new em- newish emphasis anyway on, on two things. One is uh, the issue of fairness in terms of the transition, so a just transition. Yep. Uh, and the other one was the elevation of the need to start investing in adaptation uh, and to accelerate investments in adaptation uh, because I think that's important and it's going to be hard. And the fourth takeaway, though, is is something that was a bit of a thumbs down for me, and this was the positioning of the financial community. Yep. Um, you know, the so-called uh, Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. Yes. Who made a bold head or took some bold headlines around uh, 130 trillion, ready to accelerate the the, the uh, transition to a net zero global economy, uh, and you know I think that was pretty hollow, in fact. Yep. Uh, and then finally, I think for the first time, my fifth takeaway that for the first time we saw a real push to scale back unabated fossil fuel use. And, yes. in, and in particular, to end coal use and You've been listening to Energy Talks by Queensland Energy Club. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, you'll be thrilled to know that the full-length interview will be available to podcast subscribers of the Queensland Energy Club. To become a podcast subscriber is simple. Just go to the podcast page at queenslandenergyclub.com.au and sign up to become a podcast subscriber. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.